Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Better strap yourself in. It's time for the Howie Car Show. I was walking from the House building on Capitol Hill to the Capitol, and a man, a white guy, stopped me and told me I could not get into the members' elevator. And, you know, we have uh, pens. And I showed him my pen, and he said, whose pen did you steal? Great story, Grandpa. Could have used a vampire, though. Live from the Matthews Brothers Studios. You're upset because the Border Patrol is not doing... Uh, is making sandwiches, I think you said. Oh, no, I can't eat that. You can't eat a sandwich without Dijon. Yeah, you're right. I really should keep more of your favorites on hand. Every Border Patrol officer that I have spoken to has told me that their hands are tied. Who's your captain? Howie Carr. Frustration for the migrants, and it's not even just the people. Like, you see politicians who once, you know, championed having the migrants in the city, like the mayor Eric Adams in New York. Now they're like, yo, hold up. This is... This is too much. Rump swabs, hacks, and moon bats beware. It's Howie Carr. Welcome back to the Howie Carr Show, 844-500-4242. We still have a a few cheap bastard deals left from uh, today. It's uh, to the Nauset Beach Inn. It's a great place. It's the only lodging inside on the Cape Cod National Seashore. It's great uh, at any time of the year. And uh, at this particular time, you can get a, uh, while supplies last, you can get a gift certificate to the Nauset Beach Inn valued at $200 for just 100 bucks. It's very popular with the listeners, anyone who's ever been there. It's the fa- fantastic views. This is a great time to be there. No traffic, easy to get dinner reservations. Uh, the outdoor amenities include heaters, fire pits, uh, barbecue grills, indoor amenities. They It's huge rooms with uh, plate glass windows. You can see everything, 270 degrees of uh, ocean views. Two queen-size beds, so you could, if you got kids, you can bring the kids with you and put them in the room. They, it's uh, pet-friendly as well. It's just, it's just a great place. It's a $200... Uh, gift certificate for just a hundred bucks get it now at howiecarshow.com and click on store we also have the uh, calatron uh, healthy weight loss supplement uh, that's on grace uh, from grace's show it's a uh, specially formulated scientifically proven collagen protein digestive enzyme complex and you take a a few uh, pills at night before you go to bed and uh, it'll slowly take off the weight and uh, you'll sleep better as well. And this is an opportunity to test it out for a month. It's a $70 value for just 35 bucks, a 30-day supply of Calitrin. It's a $70 value for just 35 bucks. Go to howiecarshow.com and click on store to order yours now. So these are, these are uh, really both really good deals. We don't have many left of either one, but uh, get them before they're gone. All right, so today, the uh, the a, a, a magazine I would I, I would say I mentioned earlier I, iconic is an overused word anything's iconic you know when it's when it's embattled but Sports Illustrated really was and I'm using the past tense it really was an embattle, a uh, an iconic magazine recently it's been embattled however it was uh, it was sold by Time. It, Time Inc. when Time Inc. basically went under about 
five or six years ago. They sold it to for $110 million. Seemed like a really a, a huge amount of money at that point. But they uh, they went like every magazine basically. I I know you know people are texting me and they're saying they have a they have a magazine that's you know that is is about the, the Second Amendment or uh, hunting or guns that's still decent. But I mean the the major magazines are have all gone woke or did all go woke and they all went broke. They're all gone. They they don't they don't exist anymore. And uh, Sports Illustrated was just an amazing magazine back in the day. It's uh, it's hard to explain if you're under the age of uh, forty, maybe four, maybe even fifty, uh, to just how how ubiquitous it was. I mean, it came out on Thursdays, and I remember as a young reporter, I one of my beats on Thursday. I just you know you'd go you you know you ha- everybody had places they went, and you always showed your face. You it's not like today, you know, when you just get a press release. No no one goes anywhere, no reporters. You, you actually, like, went out to places. One of the places I went on Thursday was Winston-Salem State University. They're not, a, not a great college, not one of my bigger beats, but I had to go there and just show my face so they'd know me, to, who to call if something happened. And I would go there in the afternoon when the magazine came out. Everybody, or at least all the guys, would be reading Sports Illustrated. I mean, they, they didn't do anything. I, I mean, it could have. It, Winston-Salem State was a black college, but it could have been any any public agency. They, everybody got it delivered so they could read it, all the hacks. And, but it was huge. It, and, you know, with the swimsuit issue was, was, was read by every young kid, every uh, young male there was. Everybody loved it. And you'd, oh, wow, she's hot. And, and women, what models would, their whole career would be made by being on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And then in 2020, they put a trans, a trans male on the cover. And then they did it again three years later. And they wonder why people didn't read it anymore. A trans, a trans, a trans whatever. Excuse me, it's ma'am. It is ma'am. Man, I and I the the great I, I still remember great stories. I, when I was writing Paperboy, I was thinking about some of the stories I read in the early seventies. They did one on Bo Belinsky. I still remember it. I think it was written by a guy named Pat Jordan. You know, Bo Belinsky was this uh, pitcher from he was from Trenton. And I used to I used to spend some time in in uh, Trenton, Princeton area, and uh, he was like a legend. And he threw a no hitter when he was like 22, 23 years old for the the Angels, the El, then the Los Angeles Angels. And then he he started going out with Mamie Van Doren, who was kind of like a grade B Marilyn Monroe. She was even below Jane Mansfield. And uh, he just became a drunk. And uh, at this guy Pat Jordan visited him and is uh, you know living in a in a you know a a pad in L.A. and had gotten drunk the night before and thrown the thrown the uh, phone into the pool and so the the guy's he's talking to pat jordan from sports illustrated and the telephone repairman comes up to fix the phone and there's this there's this old woman in a bathing suit who's hung over like everybody else is and the telephone repairman goes how'd the pool how'd the phone get at the bottom of the pool the woman goes there was a telephone call for lloyd bridges now half the audience doesn't even get that joke Lloyd Bridges was the star of Sea Hunt. 
But I mean, I still remember it after all those years. I, the, the stories were great, and then you know they, they'd have the first issue of uh, you know the of the pro football season. You know when the 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 opening day issue, they see what how your team was going to do, and the opening day issue of basket college basketball for me, and baseball. And it just it was so it was such a part of American life. You know, uh, guys from the Globe, uh, you know, who had been great at the Globe went there. Peter Gammons, a UNC guy. And uh, Lee Mottville, who wrote the uh, great biography of uh, of uh, Ted Williams later on, they they were there. Uh, Dan Jenkins, who wrote the great from Fort Worth, a Texas guy, he he wrote the great novel, not a great novel, but it was a funny novel, semi tough about uh, about these guys who played for the New York Giants. It was just it was just an amazing part. Jerry Callahan worked there. I was looking at it for his, at his Twitter account this afternoon thinking would he write anything about it? But he he made the switch cuz he could see the handwriting on the wall even uh, even when they were still sort of riding high that they were they were on their way out that uh, they they were going to be taken down. But but again it's all it everything became PC. And I, I remember I stopped reading Sports Illustrated many, many, many years ago, just like you did probably. And so one day I was at a barber shop, and I, I saw the ESPN had a monthly for a while. And I said, well, let me, let me give this a try and see what ESPN monthly's like, see if it's less woke than Sports Illustrated. So I picked it up, and it said, a story of a boy and his father and how his father introduced him to baseball. And I thought, oh, that's kind of heartwarming. You know, I'll I'll read that. You know, I remembered stuff with my father taking me to spring training games of the uh, of the Braves in West Palm Beach and playing uh, catch with my uncle who played in the old Telegram League in in Maine. And so I thought, oh, I'll open this, and I opened it up, and you know what it was? It was about a kid in Mexico, and his father, you know, uh, Juan and his father Pedro. And I said, this. Why is why is that the story? Why why not the story about Howard and uh, and and his father Dell and his uncle Ray? Uh, but that's the, every magazine has done that, and they, that's why they're that's why they're all out of business. Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two four one three. Thanks for the memories. A great magazine. It was a great magazine. But you know who would and you know like the last the last straw I guess was. You know, they, it's it's had various financial problems. I, but the last straw, I guess, was about a month or two ago. Somebody discovered that they were they were using AI to create stories, and then and then putting bylines of people who didn't exist on the stories. And you think you think about the great writing and the great photography that was in Sports Illustrated, and it was I mean all these great magazines from Time Inc. There was Time Magazine. Fortune Magazine, Sports Illustrated, and then even in the 70s, they created People Magazine, which was huge. And of course, Life Magazine, which was a super huge magazine, competing against Saturday Evening Post. They're all gone. All gone. George Plimpton. Yeah, George Plimpton worked for I met George Plimpton in Boston. He was a hell of a guy. He was a good guy, a really good guy. You could tell that from from what he wrote. Paper Paper Lion. Kathy, you're next with Howie Carr. Go ahead, Kathy. Oh, Howie. 
Kelly, I called you before about this, I think almost six months ago. I worked at Sports Illustrated back in the 80s. The supermodels, Elle McPherson, Kathy Ireland. I, I mean, I know that the magazine business has changed, but the minute they started going woke and the trans and all that, that was just the kiss of death. The kiss right. of death. I mean, I worked there when Frank DeFord was there. It's just, it's, it's not even a shell of itself anymore. It's a tragedy because I still have it is. my brother's magazine signed by Kathy Ireland back in the day when she was a cover girl. And and I, am I am I not correct that you could one one cover for a for a swimsuit model? Her career was set forever, wasn't it? Oh, forget it. It was <coughs> it was like I mean I remember the parties. I mean it was like the toast of the town. You were on all the big talk shows. I mean nowadays even when they have somebody, it just it just doesn't wait because they just. I mean there when Julie Campbell was running it, but when they brought in younger people after Julie. And they just want to be PC. It just again, I'm somebody that's sixty now, and even when I was back in the thirty, when I was like in my twenties and thirties, <clears throat> I didn't feel inferior because of these beautiful women. It was something yeah. to be celebrated. I never thought like, oh, this is like, like an ideal I can live up to. You want to celebrate beauty I, I, and and things like that. And everything about woke and progressivism is just about everything that's ugly and nasty and making everything just. Drab. I just again. I know, I and it's no fun. You know, you know, Dan Jenkins couldn't survive for ten minutes at Sports Illustrated today, but he was fun to read. Oh, uh, and, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's. It, I'm older than you, Kathy, but it's just like it's. It's like the Middle Ages. You know, it's as uh, the 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 glory days of Sports Illustrated, all magazines. Is it's as far gone as. Uh, as the Byzantine Empire. Thanks, thanks for the call, Kathy. 844-500-4242. I'm Howie Carr. The Howie Carr Show. The Emperor of Hate, Howie Carr, is back. Today's poll question is brought to you by Tobias Hearing Center in Quincy, Massachusetts. They helped me get fitted with a pair of state-of-the-art hearing aids, and they can help you too. And for a limited time only, mention Howie Carr and receive up to $200 off your hearing aids. That's TobiasHearing.com, T-O-B-I-A-S, Hearing.com. You'll be thankful, and your family and your friends will be thankful too when you can hear what they're saying. Taylor, what's the poll question? What are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at HowieCarshow.com, is in concocting a hate crime hoax story, what's the most important detail about the attacker other than his MAGA hat? A Bible in hand, a noose, a pickup truck, gun rank optional, beer on breath, southern accent, or shouting, this is MAGA country. I'm, all of them have been used in hoaxes, but I'm going to go with this is MAGA country. 53% say MAGA country, 16% say a pickup truck, 14% say a Bible. All right, 844-500-4242. I think the best story I ever read, though, in Sports Illustrated, even better than the one about Bob Belinsky, was the, uh, 
the the New York Jets before they were the Jets and they won the Super Bowl. They were the New York Titans until '62, and it, after they won the Super Bowl, a, a New York executive who'd been an offensive lineman from Rutgers on the team, Alex Kroll, wrote a story, "The Last of the Titans," about the final season of the Titans before they went out of business. It was so funny. It was owned by the the team was owned by this guy named Harry Wismer. And he was a former broadcaster and just a fly-by-night type guy. And he came into the locker room, and uh, he was the checks always bounced. Whenever they gave out the checks, the practice would end because everybody would be running from the polo grounds to the nearest bank. But so he came in, and, and Alex Kroll described him. And I still, I still remember this. This is how good the writing is. I remember it this long. He, he said he, he, Harry Wismer walks in with a chorus girl on his arm into the locker room before the last game of the season to give a pep talk. And he said he was reeking of booze and broads. And uh, he, he said, men, talking to the Titans, for most of you, this is your last game. Most of you aren't good enough to play anywhere else. And I always think of that whenever, so whenever something's going out of business, I always think of that line. For most of you, this is your last newspaper or broadcast or meeting of the city council because most of you aren't good enough to play anywhere. It was just a great publication. Frank, you're next with Howie Carr. Go ahead, Frank. Yeah, hi, Howie. Uh, just to follow up on that, uh, I'm about your age. I used to collect Sports Illustrated, stack them in the basement. It was great writing back in the day. One of the things uh, at a Catholic school when the swimsuit issue came out, it would disappear from the school library. And then there was enough complaints. The, the, the kids that it came back, but the nuns had trimmed out the swimsuit pics. Oh, wow. Uh, back then. And the other point, I was just uh, a longtime managing editor of it uh, during its peak. His name was Mark Mulvoy. And I believe. I he was a Globe guy. guy a yeah, he is. Yeah. And his, yeah. his, yeah, his, his and brother worked. One of, the, one of the reasons it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, what about the guy Riley that had the column on the back? I mean, that was a, I mean that, that was kind of after I stopped reading it. But I mean, people people swore by that column too. I mean, it was just, I don't know. It, it's it's sad. It's been gone for a long time. This is like just something being taken off life support. And the L.A. Times is having a a, a monstrous layoff today too. And uh, they're going to lay off 20% of the staff, and uh, they, you know, no one knows what's going to happen to that. It's all these all these publications are gone, but you know, it's you can't worry too much because they've really been on life support for a very long time. I'm Howie Carr. The momentum is real for a new generation of conservative leadership. Listen to America First Republican Don Balduck on Nikki Haley. I'm General Don Balduck. Look, I am MAGA all the way. I've always been America First. But this time, I'm for Nikki Haley for president. She's tough on the border, tough on China. She's got real plans. With Trump, there's too many distractions. It's too much risk of losing. Nikki's a strong conservative. She'll take Joe Biden to the cleaners and she'll make our country proud. Tough on the border, tough on China. And now a new poll shows that Nikki Haley beats Joe Biden by 17 points. That's not even close. It's time for a new generation. 
It's time for Nikki Haley. I'm Nikki Haley, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Nikki Haley for president. Live from the Matthews Brothers Studios. Someone just texted me uh, five up from 508 Faces in the Crowd. That was a little column in Sports Illustrated, like local people that give a mug shot of you and, you know, that you would bowl three three hundreds in a row at the local bowling alley or or you'd scored 92 points in a, in a uh, high school basketball game. I mean, if, if you ever made Faces in the Crowd, that was huge. That would be the lead story in your local sports, uh, your local daily newspaper. So-and-so made faces in the crowd. Wow. 844-500. Sid Fetch, that was a the guy they made up. They made up. It was, a, it was a joke. I mean, it wasn't fake news. It was just a, a, a parody issue. They, they invented this guy, Sid Fetch, and he was this great prospect. There's so many, so many great stories from Sports Illustrated. All the magazines, really, you know. I loved Esquire. Harper's was, Harper's was good when Willie Morris was the editor. It's it's sad, it's sad. You know, you'd come home and and the magazine would be there in the mailbox, and you say, "Oh, this is great! I got something to do tonight." Read you'd read it cover to cover. Any of these magazines, they were all great. Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. Jim, you're next with Howie Carr. Go ahead, Jim. Hi, Howie. Hi. Long time subscriber from third grade in nineteen sixty eight all the way through college. It was the uh, sports Bible for adolescent kids, just like the sporting news, right. the Bible for adults. Um, and then yeah. I, got, uh, I was lucky enough to have a dad who appeared in it. He became a Major League Baseball coach in my, when I was in fourth grade. And, um, and then, of course, later on in life, after he had been out for quite a while, I had a friend of mine give me a later edition where they had a little human interest story about a... Uh, a former player of his, and there's Dad's picture 20 years later in the in the uh, pages of Sports Illustrated. So it's really an iconic uh, magazine, great photography. Right. Uh, one of our neighbors had a brother who was a freelancer and worked for them. They did it first rate. They did, it wasn't a second rate magazine. It was a first rate magazine. Yeah, they and they had to. They I guess they you know like I said, it, it arrived in the mailboxes on Thursday, so they had the, their deadline was I think Monday at noon. So you know, if you had a if you had like a Super Bowl game or something, they had to write all night and uh, and and develop the pictures and decide how they were going to lay it out, and they just did a they did a fantastic job, Jim. And it's well, just well, I would uh, say to some degree, Howie, that they made the statement as to what was important in sports at that whenever that magazine came out. In other words, that week, if it was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. You remember the old Sports Illustrated jinx? That was I, that's what I was you, just going to say. Yeah. Yeah, you would uh, you would find out what was the most important story in sports only if it was on the cover of SI. That was the that was the greatest thing in the world. It was a it's a little sad, and and it, you you feel like a little bit older hearing that it, they're going under. Yeah, you know you're right. Sport the sporting news. I don't know if that's even still around. There was also in a magazine Sport that was like a monthly. They had some good writing in Sport magazine too, but nothing nothing like Sports Illustrated. They they dominated everything. Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. Thanks for the call. Uh, there, Jim. Ron, you're next with Howie Carr. Go ahead, Ron. Hi, Howie Carr. How are you? Good. Good. Hey. Um, 
it would have been nice if you could have got um, Caitlyn Jenner on for this segment. See what, oh, come see on. She had to say, no, I'm serious. <laughs> and have, has they put a, um, a transvestite on a Wheaties box yet? <laughs> come on, Ron, stop it. Peter, you're next with Howie Carr. Go ahead, Peter. Hey, Howie, thanks for taking the call. Uh, just wanted to comment on Sports Illustrated. I'm 70 years old, and that was my Bible when I was a kid. I remember the shock that people had when uh, Len Bias died of the cocaine overdose. Right. And Sports Illustrated devoted, Christ, it must have been 20 pages, a huge, giant article about it. Uh, it was it was really stunning at the time. Now, you know, now these kids are dropping like flies. Right. Uh, not all of them of cocaine, to... though, like Lenny Bias. I mean, there's just some, some uh, yeah. I think, uh, some track and field star just died today. I mean, then yesterday it was an, uh, an assistant coach uh, in the NBA. I mean, all these, it's it's different, though, now, the, the th- what's killing them. But go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. You also had mentioned George Plimpton, and I had the pleasure of meeting him when I was a young man. I was away on business, and I, he was, uh, I was walking around killing some time, and I see this guy walking into a bookstore down in Marion, Massachusetts. <laughs> and I thought I recognized him. I walked up. I said, are you? Are you? He says, yes, I am. He had, we both had about a half an hour to kill. We sat down, had a cup of coffee, and shot, shot the breeze yeah. for half an hour or so. He's a great guy. He was. I, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's the kind of experience I had. He came into the radio station, and you, he could just hit it off with anybody in the world. That's and that's that's why Eddie Eddie he was not just you know a, a kind of a Sports Illustrated uh, celebrity journalist. He he edited uh, you know a, a literary magazine, an important literary magazine in the, in Paris in his in his younger years. He was a, he was a hell of a guy. You know, they're, they're, they're not making any more George Plimptons anymore, or Frank the Fords, or Pat Jordans, or any of these people. It's it's sad. Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. Mark, you're next with Howie Carr. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, Howie. Listen, I, I grew up young. You know, I, I always was uh, reading Boys Life magazine, Boys Life, and Popular Mechanics. And I know it's a little far from Sports Illustrated, but I would read that magazine from like cover to cover. And in that magazine, you know, I was in Boy Scouts too back then. I'm 60 now, but I ordered a, uh, a signed, you know, picture of Hank Aaron. And then uh, George Foreman, when George Foreman and Muhammad Ali fought, they also advertised you can send away and get a picture of their, their two fists side by side signed. And I remember ordering that too. <laughs> and I was completely captivated as a kid, you know. And, you know, that stuff. Boy's life. I don't think they'd even let you publish it because it'd be like eliminating girls. So it's just sad what's yeah. happening to kind of our literary kind of information, you know. Yeah, and uh, and it's it it was great entertainment, and it and it was and it was literary too, and uh, you know, and I remember reading Boy's Life. I I wasn't much of a Boy Scout. I was a Cub Scout, but uh, it's, you know, it would it would come in the mail. It was one of these big, really wide magazines. Thanks for the call, Mark. Peter, you're next with Howie Carr. Go ahead, Peter. Howie, hey, listen, I played with Doug Flutie uh, in the 80s, and uh, they had some great covers with him, uh, Flutie Magic, Little Big Man. I don't even know if you could get away with that today. But <laughs> I would still buy the swimsuit edition, but you don't know what you're looking at. You know, <laughs> that's what's killing it. 
You've just uh, given a great epitaph for what happened to the magazine, Peter. That summed it up in a, in a moment, in an instant. Thanks for the call. David, you're next with Howie Carr. Go ahead, David. Hey, Howie. Uh, did Sports Illustrated ever do an article on Eisenhower's five, five basic exercises? Uh, he had the whole military take it. He was worried about the fitness of the military when he got to be president. No, I, I don't remember anything about that. I, I wasn't I wasn't reading Sports Illustrated when Eisenhower was president. He he, he stopped being he, he no, I, I don't know what uh, I don't know what you're referring to, David. Thanks for the call though. Uh Rick, you're next with Howie Carr. Go ahead, Rick. Yeah, just a brief uh, plug. Um it was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, I think. And I never really read much. I'm only sixty two years old, but um it was Charlie Hustle diving into third base like 12 inches above the ground just cruising into it you know head first and yeah. the camera's like 10 inches off the ground and that was quite a picture and that's all I have to add there were there were a lot of great pictures of uh Charlie Hustle Pete Rose there was one uh, um, one of the Mets just died was it was it Bud Harrelson just died and in in the playoffs in 69 it was the Mets versus the Reds and uh, they they squared off against one another and it was like one of the there were there were these iconic still photos back in back in those days and it, it and I think Bud Harrelson said it made his career or Pete or Pete Rose signed it signed a picture later on and said you know it made my career of course you know Pete Rose was was a great great hitter one of the great all-time great hitters despite what happened later and Bud Harrelson was just a, a banjo hitter. Thanks for the call, Rick. Uh, Peter, you're next with Howie Carr. Go ahead, Peter. Howie, I played rugby against Paul Zimmerman, who wrote pro football for Sports Illustrated, and he loses football. Wow, that I remember that name. Yeah, he he was the he yeah. was the main he was the main football writer, wasn't he? Absolutely, absolutely. And playing rugby against him. Uh, he wasn't that good, but he was a hard guy. If he tackled you, you've been tackled. <laughs> you know, Peter, very few sports writers were great athletes. I, I don't think I'm letting any uh, cat out of the bag when I say that. Thanks thanks for the call, Peter. Zimmerman, I'd forgotten all about him. Dave, you're next with Howie Carr. Go ahead, Dave. Howie. Yes. My brother made the back cover faces in the crowd. My brother made it. 1980, Rick. Uh, the in the state of Maine, it was rainy. It was cold, spring day. And by the time the 10 events had finished, everybody pretty much walked off. So he just finished it up just because he was cold anyway. If we're going to do it, we're out here. We're going to get it done. And he made faces in the crowd. I'll bet, it was a, I'll bet it was a giant thing in his life, wasn't it? Well, you know what, Howie? He's a modest man. From there, he went into, He got a uh, five-year boat at UMO for pole vaulting. And uh, he joined the Peace Corps after. He was in North Africa when they bombed Gaddafi's place. And he hasn't been around much after that. He went to Ireland. <laughs> yeah, I... I... There's so many memories uh, among people of our our age, and it's it's gone. It's just it's over. You know, so many of those magazines are uh, well. You know, I mean, there's there's like GQ. I think it's still published, sort of. I mean, it's not really published, but it's online, 
Esquire may still be online, but nobody's, nobody reads these magazines anymore. There's nothing in them anyway. 844-500-4242. When we come back, we're going uh, to move on to uh, President Biden's cuts of the day. He's got another where the we have to make mention of Sports Illustrated's passing, but now now we'll get back to the news of the day. The comic news of the day. I'm Howie Carr. Howie will be right back after this short break. Listening to the Howie Carr Show. Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two six one seven. I remember the late night Sports Illustrated commercials trying to get you to subscribe. <laughs> now that now that you mention it, so do I. I always wanted the free football phone with the purchase. <laughs> Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. Bruce from the Mets says uh, Bud Harrelson was a wonderful friend and coach for me. He was a light hitter, but a great fielder. Yeah, I, and am I right about that? That again, an iconic uh, photo of him uh, and and uh, Pete Rose squaring off when uh, Pete Rose. Pete Rose was one of those guys like Ty Cobb who would try to hurt you when he slid into uh, second base. Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. All right. So President Biden welcomes the mayors attending the U.S. Conference of Mayors winter meeting, winter meeting. So he's talking about foreign affairs. Cut 15. I, I think one of the reasons the Houthi, I can't prove this, one of the reasons the, the, the Hamas did what they did was I was about to work out a deal with Saudi Arabia wanting to normalize relations. I mean, fully normalize relations with Israel and bring along six other Arab nations to change the dynamic in the region. Did you hear me? He was getting the deal done, even though he, at the beginning of his statement, he confused the Houthis with the uh, Hamas. I, I think one of the reasons the Houthis, I can't prove this one. <laughs> Cut 19. Americans have filled 16, filed 16 new, 16 million new business applications since I became president. 16 new business applications. That's why I was able to create, create a 440 new jobs in North Carolina over the last 36 months. That's what he said yesterday. There were, he was going back and forth like a whipsaw, like, like he was on uppers, downers, sideway drugs, whispering and then yelling in, in the same sound cut. Cut 12. I'm going to keep fighting the lower costs for families across the board. And by the way, guess what? I love it. They said, you're spending all that money. Guess what? That's money saved. Billions of dollars the federal government does not have to pay. Yikes. Keep yelling. Keep yelling and then tell us a big lie about your career as a professor. Cut nine. So I'm still committed to banning assault weapons in high-capacity magazines. We've done it before and we can do it again. We have to pass universal background checks. It doesn't violate the Second Amendment, for God's sake. I used to teach the Constitution at the University of Pennsylvania. He used to teach the Constitution at the University of Pennsylvania. He never was in a classroom. Can I yell? He was never in a classroom. 
at the University of Pennsylvania. How about a little whispering, cut six? By the way, when I started the job, I kept talking about the need for deal with the, with the environment. So we don't have a problem. Anybody think climate's not a problem? Raise your hand. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. And then, of course, there's the repeating of the words because when his brain goes into vapor lock. Cut 13. China's got more problems than, as my dad used to say, Carter has little liver pills. <laughs> I don't want them to do badly, but I don't want, want them to play fairly. We're just, we're, we're, we're more, look, look where Russia is. Russia's lost 300,000 forces. Look, 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 look. Cut 14. What do you think is going to happen in the Balkan countries? What do you think is going to happen from Poland to Hungary and Urban? I mean, seriously, think about it. It changes the dynamic. Mag magnificent. I won't get I'm, just, I'm not supposed to be talking about this, but... What the hell was he talking about? I don't know what he was talking about, do you? He doesn't know. Cut eight. I asked Samsung, why are you investing so much money in America? So because you have the best workers in the world, and it's the safest investment I can make is in America. Now semiconductors are investing literally hundreds of billions of dollars producing chips back home here in America, your cities, your towns. What was the name of that company? Semiconductors is investing. Was I thought it was Samsung that was investing. Then he changed, and it was they became semi. Conductors. Then there's his trans secretary, Pete Buttigieg. Cut three. Secretary Buttigieg. Cut two. Pete turned 30, and I only ran for the Senate because serving locally was too hard. <laughs> they know where you live, and they think you can solve problems that are beyond your authority. And believe me, <laughs> call kid aside. You have enormous respect for the, I have enormous respect for the jobs you do. You have enormous respect. I have enormous respect. We all have enormous respect for one another. I scream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. I'm Howie Carr. Secretary Buttigieg.